0: Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And before we get started, just want to give two shout outs to two separate companies that really help us out with uh, um, doing podcasts and and outdoor adventuring. The first company is WeBoost. WeBoost is a Wilson Electronics company. They make cell phone boosters for your vehicles or for your RV or boat or cabin. Any off-grid location where you need connectivity, WeBoost provides those boosters. And both, both Craig and I use them. Um, I'm using it right now in order to upload the podcast to our RSS feed and then also to record the podcast, which we do on Squadcast. And then Craig uses it at the off-grid ranch. He flips on the booster. He's able to get three bars of LTE of connectivity, and then he can create that wireless hotspot for his computer to, to dial in and do these podcasts. So we use the WeBoost boosters religiously. Highly recommend picking one up if you're going to live the nomadic lifestyle or if you're going to live off-grid because it greatly improves connectivity and also the data speeds for your cell phone. And uh, it's really useful to have. The other company I want to give a shout out to is BioLite. They just came out with a brand new headlamp, and it's really an awesome design. It's very lightweight, weighs 69 grams, which is, which is very, very lightweight for a headlamp. It's got a, US, a micro USB rechargeable battery on it. And then it's got a real sleek design in the front. The, the, the light in the front that goes on your forehead Typically, those tend to be pretty large. I mean, you, you know, you're looking at some of these headlamps that have uh, an inch or two where, it, where it'll stick out uh, for the light portion of it. The one that BioLite design is only nine millimeters thick, so it's super low profile. And um, I recommend checking them out. Uh, both of those company links are located in the details of the podcast notes below. So if you have any questions on any of those, shoot us a message and we'd be happy to fill you in. So without further ado, let's check out this podcast. It was cold as fuck last night, <laughs> it was really cold.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, my experience in cold weather camping has been like the, the, the condensation that, that mm-hmm. ends up in the topper. That's what makes it really, really uncomfortable. Like I, I, I don't know if you can relate or that was your experience last night, but What I've experienced is that, you know, I wake up and there's like a it's like my blankets and and everything has this like coat of frost on it on the inside of the top. I don't know if you've been able to figure out a way to manage that, but that's that's where it's really broken down for me.
0: Yeah, what what, what I'm doing is, is that there's that little uh, air conditioner seal that I use around the slide out extension. So I'll make like a vent in that. And then mm-hmm. I'll vent both, si- both side windows about an inch on either side. And I, I don't get the moisture somewhat built up like in my sleeping bag or anything like that. Where I get it on is on the sides and then the windows get coated with ice on the interior. And man, I tell you, it's like, I, I, the thing was is that it, the wind was blowing so hard. E- even though the windows, you know, are pretty, pretty solid and the seams are solid, like where the seams were in the topper between the window and where the, the metal screws into like the fiberglass frame of it or whatever. Yep. That area, that it was blowing so hard, like that area was leaking wind. Uh, and, and, I mean, like my truck was shaking back and forth last night. Like I woke up about one a.m. and I was like, "Whoa, it's coming!" And all of a sudden it was like, "Boom!" And it's like the snow was hitting so hard it sounded like sand pelting my truck. And uh, it went on for about three hours like that. And then I, and then the temps dipped down. I think the real temperature was negative or, or was uh, seventeen degrees, and I'm sure the wind chill was probably in the single digits. And I mean, it, it, and like, I, I grabbed Sierra and I was like, all right, baby, we're cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the spooning effect going on. Uh, oh, yeah. She, and she was probably like, oh, this is great. And I'm just like, I need warmth. And I put on some extra long underwear and, you know, some socks and stuff like that, and all, 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 all wool. And that helps. But what I'm doing is, is I'm, I'm using the sleeping bag, that that zero degree outfitters bag that I have that's real thick and, and warm. I'll lay that down on the bottom of my um, uh, like on the bed of my truck, you know, like where the, uh, on top of my um, four inch memory foam mattress. And then that creates like a little barrier to where the cold doesn't seep up from the bottom. And then I have three blankets that I use on top of me. But even with that last night, it, once that storm hit, I mean, the temperatures went from like around 35 to like, to like 17 in the matter of like an hour. So it's a, it was like, it, it just went, it just plummeted. And now it's back up to like 45 And I mean, the desert is such a different climate compared to what I'm used to. You know, it's definitely, it's a lot more, I guess, extreme would be the way to say it. Because there there have been days when I've been out here and it'll be, hey, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. I had a little glitch on my end. There there will be days out here where it's like 60 during the day. And then at nighttime, it'll get down in the teens. And I'm like, man, I mean, the temperature swings are huge.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, I've, Experienced a little bit of desert. I I did some some backcountry stuff in Utah. I, not as not as extreme desert as what you're dealing with down in down in Arizona. But I I get the gist of what you're talking about. That I mean that sounds gnarly. I'm I'm kind of curious whether you'll figure out you know better ways to handle stuff like that. You know, are there are there little tips and tricks mm-hmm. that you can adapt to make do with that kind of thing. And I, one other thing that I did with my topper recently, which improved the interior experience, I did get my, my windows resealed. So I went, yeah, I went to, yeah, I went to a topper, you know, a a truck uh, accessories place and I spent the money just to like, Hey, you know, make, make this new again. And so yeah. they resealed all the windows and, um, I was having a leak where the topper joined the, you know, the, the rails of the bed and, mm-hmm. and they oh, resealed oh, t- all that. You
0: told me that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, it was, it was $200 for all the work that they did. And for me, it was totally worth it to have that. And they, they gave me a one year guarantee that nothing would leak. And, and so, You know, I'm I'm always looking for ways to cut costs and do things myself. But on that one, I was like, yeah, there's I have no I have no hesitation at all to pay professionals to make sure that I'm going to be comfortable in the topper.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about something to do over the where the topper on the inside where the topper meets the truck bed Mm -hmm. and some sort of like like C clamp that I could put around that and then maybe build like an extra just a smaller shelf that would be on either side. Where that ledge is, and have that because that that seems to be the main area where I would I I leak in cold air if the if the air is really blowing like if the wind's really blowing if it's not if it's not blowing a ton it's not bad you know it doesn't really I can't really feel it because like there was a little gasket when I when they put my topper on they put a little rubber gasket around it so I think that that's that's been a really good deal I've never had any issues with any sort of water leakage or anything like that but it's just when the wind blows a million miles an hour it just it just finds its way in. And luckily, you know, with the slide-out extension, I, I insulated that pretty good. There's a, about an in, inch of insulation all the way around. And so I didn't feel any leak, leaks from that area, uh, but it was definitely from where that seam, where the topper meets the truck bed. So it, it was cold, man. I mean, like, I woke up this morning and on the side of my truck where the snow was coming, I mean, it must have just been blowing vertically because, um, or, or, or horizontally because like that whole side of the truck was had had like an inch and a half of snow just like caked on <laughs> that whole side and then like all all my stuff and i forgot that i left my my hiking boots out you know oh. I, put on, I put them on top of my cooler they were they were chock full of snow and they were frozen solid i'm like fuck <laughs> so it was it was a uh it was a challenging start to the day but i made it <laughs> nice
1: yeah those yeah. are um yeah that that's definitely uh i've definitely experienced nights like that where you're it's just you just have to endure, you know. You have to just suffer yeah. and endure, and then you you do the troubleshooting once you get out of it. But um, yeah,
0: well, yeah, and, and you know what it is too. It's it's kind of fun because it's like when you're going through it, it definitely sucks. I mean, there's no way around it. It's not it's not a good time, you know. But then it gives you confidence to know, like, oh, you know, I got through that. That's no problem. I can get through anything. And I, I actually kind of enjoy going through those tough times because then it, it pushes my limits and lets me know the boundaries of what I can and can't endure. And, you know, once once you get through a night like that and then you get up and you get your coffee going and like I had coffee this morning along with toast with peanut butter and then uh, cinnamon oatmeal. And I was like, once I once I got all that going, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. You know, but yeah. it was just get, it was just getting to that point. It was like, OK, I got to get up. And I got to get out of my truck because my dumbass forgot to bring my coffee stuff in last night before I went to sleep. Because usually I just bring, I bring my little, you know, MSR uh, uh, pocket rocket stove with a little fuel canister and then my container that I can heat up the water in and then my grinder and my aero press. And then, and then I can just wake up and I don't have to get out of my truck and I can make that real quick while Sierra sleeps in because she, she usually sleeps in about 30 minutes more than I do. And so by the time I get my coffee going and stuff like that, then she'll get up and want to get outside and I've got my coffee and I'm good to go. But I had to like get out before the sun came up to go get my coffee and all that stuff. And it was just that extra cold. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is winter truck camping still. It's not the summer yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, have I've definitely been there. I, I, and you know, frankly, I've, one of the little things that I've done is I, I have a really nice thermos that keeps liquids warm. So if I think it's going to be a rough night and, and a, a really cold morning where I don't want to get out and deal with stuff, I'll actually make my coffee at night and then I'll keep it in the thermos and it keeps it warm. And so that way I don't need to do anything in the morning other than just, you know, open that thing up and drink warm coffee. And if I can get coffee in me, I, I feel like I could do anything, but yeah. Yeah, you
0: feel, you feel human again, you know. <laughs> I know,
1: I know, I, and I, I, I've been enjoying your pictures of of Sierra. I saw that one this morning. of Of it looks like you finished your peanut butter jar and you just gave yeah. it to her. To... <laughs> oh man, she
0: went to town, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then and then what I had to do also, like she got the the top portion all all the spick and span clean. So I so I cut the bottle or the the peanut butter jar in two. And then she'd get into the bottom portion of it, and she was just in heaven, man. So nice, Very yeah. nice. And then, that, like, dude, I don't know if you saw the posts I did about her snoring, but it's <laughs> like that every night. And dude, that that literally makes me go to sleep. She, she'll start snoring, and I'll be, I'll start reading a book, and then she'll start, she'll start really snoring. And I'm like, man, I can't keep my eyes open here. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Like that.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds, I uh, yeah, that sounds like a person snoring. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I listened to that thing. That's that's funny.
0: Yeah, she's hilarious, but. You know my, I, I was thinking this morning with my cold temperatures, I'm like, "Oh, this is freezing, but it's literally nothing compared to what you've been dealing with on the snowmobile and all that stuff. I mean, I'm definitely you know, we haven't had a chance to connect as of late, just with our schedules being kind of crazy, so I wanted to chat with you about that and see what, how that experience has been treating you.
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's an adventure and a challenge every day. I you know the um, a couple days ago the the temperatures got down to negative 20 like real temperature and then you know you add on top of that the wind chill it's it's uh, so you know you have you have the the cold element of it and and so you obviously you just learn to layer and and you learn to suck it up when you need to suck it up but then there is the added element of it, it's really easy to go off trail with the snowmobile and get the thing stuck and oh. so you've got that element of it. And then I've learned the hard way that sometimes when, when you get the snow meal stuck, it, will it'll dig itself in. And if you try to throttle your way out of it, what ends up happening is you end up cooking the belt, the drive belt. And so then the belt breaks. Oh, and man. so there's, there's just like numerous layers of a, uh, Numerous layers of I could fuck myself up in, you know, any, any number of different ways. And one of the things that, that I just got to yesterday was, so there's, there's one section of the trail that is plowed. And and so you're, you're riding your sled over really thin snow or ice or you're even getting down to gravel and and dirt and so the skis start getting ground away like they they actually grind away with um you know it's like it's like heavy duty sandpaper at 30 miles per hour and so yeah i ended up switching out i I bought a pair of used skis and i swapped them out and the skis the old skis it, it was like a It was like aluminum foil. That was like how much uh, like left there was. And there was no. So when I turned with the, um, you know, the the steering handlebars, the snowmobile wouldn't turn because there was nothing on the skis to actually grab the snow and redirect you. So I, I mean, I could just go on and on and on about like all of these little things that I'm definitely learning the hard way um, about how to how to handle this uh, this arctic lifestyle that I got going on. But it's I mean it's awesome. Like you like you said, you know, you once you once you experience that extreme condition, then you know you start to develop some confidence and you start to develop some knowledge. Like okay, now I know how to handle that. Yeah, so I'm I'm learning a lot. There's there's no doubt about it.
0: Well, dude, I, I would think that just the the danger factor, I mean, that's, that's legit. I mean, you, you could, you could definitely get to a point to where if you go off trail a little bit and maybe it's, maybe it's nighttime and visibility isn't that great and temperatures are negative 20 and with the wind chill even worse than that. I mean, that could turn deadly really fast. Yeah. So,
1: I, I had a yeah. situation uh, a couple nights ago where I, I mean, I, I, I tried to, I tried to snowmobile during the day. And so I have a little bit extra warmth and the visibility factor. But the, the other night I was just working late and it was about nine o'clock when I was snowmobiling back here. And it, it, it was negative five. And I was definitely concerned because it had snowed recently. And when it snows and then you get wind on top of that, you get drifting snows. And that's the really dangerous thing. And, you know, I, I, I talk to a bunch of different people in, in, you know, what I'm doing out here and everybody asks me, well, you know, how far are you snowmobiling? And it's about three miles and everybody's like, oh, like that, that's not a big deal. But the, yeah, it, in ideal conditions, it only takes me 10 minutes to do that snowmobile, but I'm going up and down you know, hills and rocky areas. And it's just so easy to mess up in, in any one different area in any, in any different areas. And so on that particular night two two or three nights ago, I, you know, I sent a text message to like three different people, like letting them know, like, Hey, I'm about to get on my snowmobile. If you don't hear from me in a half hour, send out search and rescue because in that kind of situation, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, at night, no cell service, negative five and who knows, you know, if winds are going to be blowing. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, uh, it's crazy.
0: Well, you know, and also there's no one else back there. So it's like, if you, if you were to fall and break your leg or, you know, the ski goes haywire or whatever, or, or not ski, but the sled goes haywire or whatever. I mean, you know, there's no one like passing by. You're not going to be like, Oh, you know, somebody will be coming by in the next five, 10 minutes. There's no one. So like you are truly on your own.
1: Yeah. And it's not, you know, these three miles are not like, it's not like just a dirt road that I'm going on. You're, you're going up and down. You're, you're, you're turning a lot. You're, you're skirting, uh, barbed wire fences. And so Jeez, yeah, no, I had it the other day where I was like, you know, and I was going slow, I was going 10 miles per hour, but all it takes is a little bit of a hiccup on the the skis. And and I literally ran into the barbed wire fence. And I, I just had to have that kind of slow motion experience where I was like, okay, I gotta make sure I fall off the, the sled to my left as opposed to the right, because if I fall off on the right I am getting impaled on a barbed wire fence so it's um (laughs) I mean it's I you know hopefully my mom's not listening to this one because she's you know (laughs) probably not gonna be happy about that but um (laughs) it's and yeah like you like you said no one's coming back like right now I'm at the ranch by myself for a month so no one's going back and forth and um yeah it's it's definitely, it's definitely a raw experience out here, but I, I mean, I love it. You know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm gaining confidence and yeah, just hopefully I don't kill myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Th- th- I hope not either, but, but it's cool. I mean, like you're learning how to operate the snowmobile and with the maintenance that's required and all those things. And that, that, that's something that like, unless you're doing it, I don't, I mean, somebody could say like, Hey, you need to swap it out at this point or whatever, but unless you actually do it, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't learn unless I've got my hands on it and doing those things. It's kind of the same thing with with truck camping. It's like somebody can tell you all day long what the experience is going to be like, but until you're out there actually doing it, I don't think that the perspective is really there. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's no comparison between watching a YouTube video on how to Mm -hmm. do something or like talking to someone and then actually doing it. I mean, I I just experienced that yesterday and swapping the skis out because, you know, I talked to a couple of people who are like, Oh, it's just one bolt. You know, you just got to swap it out. But the reality is, is I like, I had to like spend 45 minutes to an hour, like wrenching the bolt off and then figuring out how to yank the fricking ski off and then slide the other ski on. And meanwhile, the sun is going down, the winds are picking up and I've got a, you know, an icicle of snot coming out of my nose, you know, three feet long. And (laughs) um, yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely something you have to learn by doing as opposed to, you know, just watching whatever video or listening to someone. Um, Yeah. yeah. What what one person says, like, yeah, it's only going to take 10 minutes. Pull the sled into your nice, warm garage and you get it done. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is you're out in the elements and mm-hmm. just, you know, freaking f- figuring it out by yourself.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting how people, you know, like the armchair quarterbacks, you know, the Monday morning uh, YouTube crowd or Facebook crowd. Oh, that's easy. It's like, no, you obviously have never done this. Like yeah. I, I get so much I get so many idiot comments on my on my YouTube channel. Oh, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You need to do this. I'm like, actually, that doesn't work. You, you don't know what you're talking about you know, it's kind of, it's, it's almost comical what some people come up with.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. And it's com- comical is one way to put it. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: frustrating is, is probably a better word, but whatever. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's awesome. You know, you, you get out here, you learn, you build confidence. And, um, I, you know, I, I just get so much satisfaction. We've talked about it a lot out of, it's not, it's not muscling through, it's, it's, you know, it's not taking things for granted, right? It's, it. There, there's just, you, you can't just break down and like, oh, I'll go to Walmart and, you know, figure it out tomorrow. It's like, no, you got to do it now and you can't take things for granted. And for me, there's a level of satisfaction I get out of, number one, understanding the underlying, system and the underlying mechanics of things. And then number two, figuring out how to power your way through it or figure it out. Like maybe you, maybe you do duct tape things back together to make things do, or maybe you fix it properly. But when, you know, you own a townhome and you've got your condo fees and everything is just taken care of, and, you know, you just go and grind it out in your nine to five job and come home and watch TV and not understand those. Like, I, I, There's just no comparison for me in satis- life but satisfaction. Like, yeah, this is raw and dangerous and in extreme, but I, th- there's, there's just so much more satisfaction that I get out of living this way versus yeah, having a town home or a house or, you know, paying a contractor to come in and do something while I'm, you know, cruising through on my iPad, you know, scrolling through Facebook. So anyway, you, you, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I call this like, like living like the way that you're doing and the way that I'm doing, it's like an engaged living, you know, like you're always engaged with your immediate, um, like like the, the present moment, I guess, is the way to put it. Like you're, you're engaged in the present moment because you have to be, because your survival depends upon it. And you don't have the luxury of a house or like you said, the HOA to come and fix things or, or whatever. It's like, you know, grant, granted, you've got the house out there, but it's like you're powering that house by making sure the solar's running, making sure the diesel generators are good to go. You know, you've got those boilers. Did you ever get those boilers hooked up, by the way?
1: Yeah, well, the, the wood fire boilers is not hooked up or it, it's, it's mostly hooked up, but we're not using it yet because there's been too much snow on the roof to actually, oh. you know, get the chimney to go through there. Because if we get up on the roof, it's too easy to fall. And oh. yeah, so anyway, <laughs> just one, one other thing, you know, that, that yeah. demonstrates our point.
0: But what's cool is, is like you're learning what it's like or, or what it takes to actually be as far off grid as possible during extreme conditions. And it's like, the, the, the good thing about that is, is there's not a lot of people that want to do that. And so it's like, with you being capable and having the knowledge of how to do it, it it's kind of like you're back there and you have this whole area all to yourself, which that solitude has gotta be really peaceful.
1: Oh man, yeah, it, it's, it's unbeatable. I mean, right now it's, there's a, there's a soft snow falling and, but you have, it's not like total cloud cover. And you mm-hmm. have the sun just breaking through. And it's just like, you know, it's like Christmas every morning.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome, dude.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I, 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 I talked to you a couple of days ago about this. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm driving for this shuttle service that, you know, is taking people from the airports to the different ski resorts around here. And so the other day I had, experience, I had an experience Picking up a, a crew from Montrose Airport and bringing them to Crested Butte, and this guy Bernie, um, who's uh, you know a mid fifties uh, athletic guy and, and really really in good shape, we got to talking, and he's like, "Yeah, I love mountain biking. I love skiing. You know, and and I've been an executive for this you know successful company for a while, and I'm 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 lining up." Uh, possibly retiring a little bit you know later on this year. And the guys, you know, he keeps on talking about how he's in his mid50s. He's still got time left. and but all the while, he's talking about how his real love and his real passion is mountain biking and skiing and hiking and all that adventure stuff. And he's also talking about how his parents are saying like, no, you don't want to retire until you know you have that bigger nest egg and you're in your 70s, you want to keep on working. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you are the exact case example of why Brian and I are doing the things that we're doing. You know, like mm-hmm. I would so much rather earn 30 grand a year and have this lifestyle than earn 150, 200 grand a year doing what you're doing. And, cause, and I'm, I'm sure the guy is very, very successful doing what he's mm-hmm. doing. But, you know, he's, I'm sure theres There's some kind of envy going on in having a discussion with me because I'm talking about you know living off grid, I'm talking about living my truck, I'm talking about going down to the keys up to the northeast and and just having this more project based mentality of of living in in quote unquote scraping by and um so anyway that I mean that it was it was a lighthearted fun conversation, and the guy's name was Bernie, like I said, so I, I said, well, you know what, I'm going to dedicate the next podcast episode to you and we're going to call it Weekend at Bernie's because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're exactly, you know, you're, you're so much alike to me in your interests and, you know, wanting to get out there. And you're not worried about having enough to do when you retire. You, you know what you want to do. You're going to keep yourself engaged and having fun and, and finding new things to do. Um, and you know, why, why put that off? Why, why put that off until your body starts to break down and maybe you have a little bit more money when, you know, you could, you could engage it right now. So anyway, it was, it was a really fun conversation.
0: Yeah. I I had a conversation with a guy that, that rolled up to camp the other day, he had a Tacoma. So he's like, Oh man, you know, I've got some questions about your truck. And so we talked about some of the upgrades that I've done. And he was talking, he's like, and he, I think he said that he was, if I remember correctly, I like 57 or 58 and he's really on the fast track to get out of the corporate grind. He's like, you know, I I wish I would have done this sooner. I've got these injuries now and they're stacking up and I I can't quite do the stuff that I wanted to do, you know, um, that I could have done when I was younger. And I told him, I said, you know, that's, that's honestly why I'm doing this. It's like, I could always go back and work. And get get back in the corporate grind. I mean, I, yeah, I could go back and get a sales job and do the things that I used to do. But but I told him I was like, you know, when I was in that, I said my 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 life wasn't my own. I was on a plane all the time. I was constantly meeting with clients. There were people that I probably wouldn't hang out with if I if it was just my free time. And I was, I was like, you know, what what I was doing wasn't my own. And granted, I don't have the resources like I did when I was in the corporate world, but my life is just so much fun. It's like, you know, going this past week and going up to those ruins and checking those out and figuring out a way to scale up the cliff so that I could get up 400 feet from the valley floor to go check out ruins that not a lot of people can get to because it's physically really hard. And plus you can't see them from the trail in that wilderness area. It's like, I got to spend my week figuring out how to get up there instead of my week. Like, you know, if I was in the corporate world, trying to close deals and having a boss breathe down my throat and all that crap. And so, you know, I was talking to him about that. I said, my fallback if this doesn't work out long term for whatever reason or if I get too many injuries and I have to stop is to always go back and be like, oh, I can do sales. But I would never I would go back with a completely different perspective than what I than 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 what I had before. Cause what I had before was, oh, I gotta I gotta save up enough to where I can have that, you know, like like you were saying, Bernie, you know, was that gotta have got that huge nest egg or what the his family was saying he has to have that huge nest egg and all that stuff. And it's like life happens to where I wasn't able to constantly invest the way I wanted to, or, you know, this expense would come up or that expense would come up and all that stuff. And, and I started thinking like, am I ever going to get to that point to where I'll have that, that magic number in my bank account, you know, and especially with the way inflation is and taxes and all those things and just life in general. And so it, he and I had a really good conversation. We, we talked for probably about two hours and he was all excited about the extension that I have on my truck. He's like, that's a, that's a genius idea. I was like, well, it was kind of a necessity. I couldn't really find anything that." that fit what I wanted to have. Cause I still want that low profile of my truck, but I want to have the comfort when I sleep and all that stuff. And so we, we had a good time chatting and it was, it was refreshing to talk with someone who who's, who definitely saw life the same way that you and I do.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that there's a lot of people out there to do it. And there's, I I mean, e- even over the last month or two and and even further out, you know, you and I are, this isn't the easy life and, and no. you know, we're trying to, it's not easy to figure out how to sustain living this way. While you know, we, we've gotta find a way to earn money. Right. So, you know, we're, we're both kind of working our way through the dark as to how to do it. And we've each had our struggles and you know, right now I'm, I'm starting to get a little traction, you know, having gotten my CDL, and now I'm getting my passenger endorsement. And so I'm going to drive buses. And I, I look at all of these little um, skills and certifications that I'm picking up as tools in my toolbox. So like you said, if this doesn't work out, I can always take a break and go figure out a way to make money and then try to plug back in. And I look at you, you know, you've done a really good job developing skills at, uh, producing websites, producing videos. And it's, it's not easy. It's not comfortable because you go through these different stresses. your, your Chuck breaks down injuries, but you know, you just kind of power through and figure it out. We, we talk it through and And then you start developing a little bit more confidence. Like, yeah, like, okay, if it breaks down, then I'll figure out something else. And that was part of the discussion I had with this group from, that was going from Montrose um, to Crested Butte. There, there was another um, couple I I, I know the woman's name was Michelle and um, I I believe her husband's name was John. They, they were talking about being semi-retired and, focused on project-based work. So, you know, bust out working really hard for one to three months, you know, getting a little chunk of change and then going to Crested Butte and Telluride for a month or going down to Hawaii for a month. And that's, that's a really satisfying way to live. And I'm, I'm developing more confidence in myself and my abilities to live that way. So, you know, like, yeah, we might, we might be able to get out into the woods and go do fun stuff for a month. You're approaching bears ears. And then, you know, you, you line up some project-based work to facilitate that. And then you start lining up project-based work. So that's, that's a phrase that, that is really sticking with me at this point where I think about work now on a project basis, not as like going and getting a job and going and having a career. I just need to be lining up projects in, in a way that's going to be able to, number one, I'll be able to learn stuff. Number two, be able to finance, you know, my next gig. And I, I, I love this way of life and it's not easy.
0: No, it's, it's not easy. And and it's, I've, I've gone back and forth when things get rough, you know, when things are tough, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to quit doing this and I'll go back and get the corporate job. And then I kind of come to my senses. I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't done all this work and, and made all these difficult changes to my lifestyle to live this way just to give up and go back to it. Cause I, there's a reason why I left it, you know? And, And, and like I said, if I, if for some reason I was forced to go back to it through injuries or whatever, or circumstance or whatever it may be, I would go back with a different perspective, but you know, it, it's weird how that programming still comes about when things get rough. You know, it's like it's, it's odd how an unhealthy way of living in the sense that the corporate grind is unhealthy, generally speaking, n- not for everyone, but, but most people would say that they don't like it. It's weird how there's still some weird sense of security in that or a false sense of security in your mind. You know right. What I mean? Yeah. That's, and- that's what's strange
1: and people have different you know people have different lives and different priorities and different choices some people have you know enjoy raising kids and mm-hmm. that's a good choice for them but um i definitely like you're you know one phrase that you you talk about um and and bring up you know a square peg trying to fit in a round hole and that's definitely true for me where i was i was trying to force myself into that life paradigm when it, it really isn't a good fit for me and when I say that that life paradigm that life paradigm of getting the good career and that stable job accumulating assets getting the house and you know riding it out to your golden years when you can retire that life paradigm doesn't work for me and I definitely run into people that resonate with the idea that that paradigm doesn't work for them either and it's just a matter of you know i i certainly am not I, i'm not gonna puff myself up and call myself brave or you know some of it's stupidity right like oh fuck it i'm just gonna get on a snowmobile and <laughs> ride through the night and that's stupid it's you know to a certain extent but i i i guess i just um yeah i i, I would much rather live recklessly, you know, with a little bit of stupidity in there Mm -hmm. than trying to play it safe and try to play it the right way, you know, quote, air quotes.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I, you know, when I was in the corporate world and I was doing that whole thing of accumulating the assets and planning for the future, I can tell you the reason why I left it was because I got extremely bored with that. Mm. Like I'd sit around, I'd be like, God, I, I just feel like my life is nothing. You know, I, I, I don't feel I don't feel engaged in life. I feel like I'm I'm this person like I don't want to identify myself with who I with what I'm doing for work or what my job or, or, or what I own. But it's like I was kind of forced to be in that mindset because what else did I have? You, you know, and, and I looked at it that way. And I, I would look at other people that seemed really content. And I thought, are they content or are they just faking just settling? it? Yeah or, are they, yeah. Or, or, yeah. or are they settling? And it's it's interesting. I get emails from people and messages from people that that I think are, you know, like, hey, they're, that's a good fit for them. Like they seem like they're doing great, and they'll tell me like I am miserable, you know. And I think also too, just the culture of t- today, it seems like a lot of the the culture is more of a compare and compete kind of mindset as opposed to like, hey, that's awesome. Like when they see somebody doing well, like they want to be like, well, I got to do that too, you know. And I don't know if that's human nature or, or if it's just social media that brings that about or what it may be. But, but, um, that mindset I think is really unhealthy for, for humans. And what's nice about out here is like, when you live in your, in your vehicle, like there's no ego with that, you know, (laughs) like, like, Hey dude, check out my fucking sweet, sweet digs. You know, it's like, no, I mean, I am dirt bagging it and that's just the way that it is, but, but I'm doing it so that I can go on those badass hikes. And I mean, the inspiration that I get from that is, Tenfold or a millionfold compared to any inspiration I ever got from closing some sales deal when I was in the corporate world, and so I, I think that living this way, you know, granted, like you said, sometimes it's reckless, and and I, I do feel that way sometimes. I'm like, whoa, man, I'm really pushing the boundaries, but I, but I also hope that that living this way is an example for other people to say, hey, you know, you can go out there and do this. It's like it's not impossible, and it's and just because you see somebody on Instagram that looks like they have their life all together living the no bad lifestyle, I can guarantee you nine times out of 10, they don't have their life together. A hundred percent. They're just doing this because this is what fits in the best, you know? And, uh, I, I came out here definitely just to figure out life on a more, uh, personal and, and, and ground roots, like, you know, basic level as opposed to like, Hey, I've got everything figured out. Look at me. I get to go to all these magnificent places. It's like, no, I'm, I'm out here searching for a deeper meaning of life. And I didn't feel like I could get that when I was in the corporate grind.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree.
0: Um,
1: well, I'm 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 interested to pick your brain a little bit about what what you are lining up as you approach Bear the your bears ears project and mm-hmm. you know what would what, what, so you're in Arizona, if if I've gathered correctly, you're you're in the Sedona area. So like what what's the plan? And mm-hmm. how's it looking for the Bears Ears project?
0: The Bears Ears project is looking really good. I'm working on a, a website for it at the moment. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to rebrand Colorado Backcountry Adventures as Colorado Backcountry Adventures dash Brian Gallion, But then I'm going to change my website ad- address to briangalleon.com hmm. and start to brand myself as, a, as a, the, the brand as opposed to Colorado Backcountry Adventures. And then with that, I'm, I'm going to start using... I've, I've already got Patreon set up to where it's going to be project-based as opposed to just, hey, donate to me because I you know I want to live uh, off-grid and, and really not have any uh, explanation as to where those funds go. What I want to do is use Patreon as a, a way to explain where that money is going to be spent and how it's going to be spent and then use fundraising from there. I, I did have a good call with BioLite. Uh, it was about two weeks ago, I think, or, or maybe it was last week. I, I'm kind of losing track of my days. I had, I had a good call with them, and they said that, that what they want to do is do an Instagram takeover when I got to Bears Ears and feature me as far as, you know, this is one of our, our uh, beta testers for BioLite. You know, he's out there doing this thing. Um, if you want to support his endeavor, you know, here's how you can donate money. And what I'm going to do is the first $1,000 that I get in will go towards my expenses to be out there. And that those thousand dollars doesn't go just like just to me buying stuff. That thousand dollars will equate to a number of hours that I'll be able to uh, perform while I'm out there. And then those hours are counted at twenty five dollars and seventy one cents. That's what the government says like a volunteer hour is worth on public lands. Mm-hmm. And so if I can do forty hours a week for six weeks straight, then I can say, okay, your thousand dollars actually turned into six thousand dollars of volunteer worth according to the Forest Service. So it's like. There's a, there's a multiplier effect with that. And then anything above and beyond that $1,000 is going to be going to go into a pool that at the end of my volunteer time, I'm going to donate that money to the, the education center, which is where the Friends of Cedar Mesa operate out of. So that education center for the Bears Ears National Monument, it teaches people how to responsibly recreate in the backcountry there because it's a fragile ecosystem and a lot of people don't realize kind of like how to conduct, their, conduct themselves back there to where they won't damage the land. And then also it gives information on all of the Native American uh, ruins that are throughout that area because there's a ton of them. And so it's going to be kind of twofold with that Patreon. One's going to be to raise the funds to cover my own expenses. But like I said, there's that multiplier effect with it. And the second portion of that will be anything above and beyond it It goes directly towards the Bears Ears Education Center.
1: Wow, man, that's really, really cool. I I like that. I like that paradigm shift that you've got with with Patreon and the project based focus. So are you, so I I know you've got conversations going on with, with BioLite, obviously, Mm -hmm. and some other companies is, is that stuff? Is that like, is that like backends stuff that you've got going on that is independent of Patreon? And if, if I'm asking you, you know, too sensitive of a question, that's fine. But I'm, I'm curious, how you, what, how these conversations are with these different organizations, including BioLite Mm -hmm. and how you interplay that conversation and relationship with, with the Patreon model.
0: Yeah. So what, what I, what my conversation with BioLite was, Hey, you know, what I would like to do is leverage your audience to see who would be interested in, in, in donating to this on a, on a personal, for, for like a crowd sourcing and crowd fundraising endeavor through the Patreon. And BioLite did say, they, they, they mentioned this and we haven't finalized it yet, but they did say they'd like to feature me for Earth Day. Because on mm-hmm. Earth Day, I'll, I'll still be out and Bears Ears doing stuff. And we, we're going to put together a whole post about it and all that stuff. And then they would do Different blurbs throughout the six month or six week period that I'm there, like, hey, hey, Brian's out here. Check out his site if you want to support his this endeavor and whatever it may be. And they have a really good crowd that believes in their mission because BioLite does a bunch of great things just for you know developing countries, for off grid uh, families that live in Africa that don't have access to energy or, or light or anything like that. You know, they do a lot of stuff through their Solar Home 620. And then I'm, I'm going to go back and approach them again. Once I get the website built, I'm going to have space on there where people, where companies can advertise and I'm going to sell that advertising space. And I haven't set the dollar amount on that yet, but there's good. So that, that, that's kind of the conversations that I've had with them. I, I did get an, another email from, from WeBoost and I need to get back with them. There's a new gal over there who's the contact. And she said that they want to reconnect and talk about some things. And uh, they did say that there's a new booster coming out that they wanted to, the one they, that they wanted to talk to me about. So if they send that to me, then if you want to have the drive four GX that I have, then you're welcome to have that.
1: That's great. No, I appreciate that offer. And, and frankly, you know, I, I'm interested in having more conversations with WeBoost too, because, you know, I, obviously, uh, I I put it out there right now. I am using the WeBoost product mm-hmm. to do this podcast right now. My my phone is what's tethered to my computer, allowing me to do this. So. I freaking love their product. But the fact of the matter is, you know, between my snowmobiling and my, um, my other driving, I spend a lot of time in, um, dark territory where, you know, you and I could be doing even more podcasts and documenting more material if I had you know, other types of products that they, they offer. And I, you know, I'd have no problem advocating their, the, the, the quality and and the utility of them. So anyway, I, yeah, I, I, I'd be interested in, in, you know, and I I don't necessarily need money from them, but I, I, I I know that I could test their products and advocate for their products in a variety of different situations. I mean I I, I wonder whether they do have a product that would allow me to have cell phone coverage on a snowmobile. I mean, maybe, maybe that's when within, within their their market. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Do Do you have a cigarette lighter output on, on the snowmobile?
1: I could probably install one. You know, okay. like I, I could you, probably yeah. yeah.
0: If you had that, if you had that, I bet you could put one on there, and at least you could get connectivity when you're when you're cruising. Because that'd be a huge safety safety, uh, a, a, like a safety net, you know, really for you out there. I mean, like we were saying before, if you fell off, broke your leg, there's no one coming by. So you're on your own. And if you're halfway in between where you're, uh, the, the parking sled, <laughs> which right. you, where, yeah. where your truck is, and then the ranch and you break your femur, I mean, you're, you're literally, you're going to die, you know, yeah. or you're pretty If you made it out of that, it would be, uh, miraculous because that, that could be, that could turn south super quick. So I'll, um, what I'll do is I'll forward you the contact that I, that, that reached out to me and I need to, like I said, I need to give her a buzz. I had some issues with my email last, or was it last week or two weeks ago? They, the email server I was using or email service I was using, they switched over to a new server and I lost three days worth of email or five days worth of emails, which was kind of frustrating. Ugh. So yeah, i just, I kind of had to rebuild my whole inbox from that and download my emails again. Cause I had to go through and delete the old, old box and then have a new one and all that stuff. So, you know, those technology things, it's kind of, it kind of reminded me of when I was in the corporate world and we'd have email issues and how frustrating it was. And I was just like, Oh man. Uh,
1: yeah. You, you can, you can't escape it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's, so, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I am doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing CDL driving work. I'm, I'm working for a shuttle company and I, I wonder whether there's an opening for WeBoost to market their products to the company that I work for, and 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 I'm you know I'm getting my passenger endorsement on my CDL, and I'm going to be driving the big buses. And there's a contract between the company that I work for and the state of Colorado to to operate these buses, mm-hmm. and, and and we go through dark territory on the buses and what have you, and there's not any communication and what have you. And I, I know that WeBoost boost could probably enhance not only the driver's communication with dispatchers and, and first responders, but also, you know, the, the passengers, there's wifi on these buses. Mm-hmm. And as long as there's a cell signal, the, The Wi-Fi on the bus facilitates internet connectivity for the passengers. And so if you boost the cell phone signal, it boosts the Wi-Fi signal for the Mm. passengers. And so anyway, I could just see, I see a lot of opportunity for a product like WeBoost for, you know, on the commercial level. Um, So there, there, there might be, I'm not going to mention names of of specific companies that I'm working for, but there's, there's certainly, there's certainly inroads that I can make. And I'm, I'm not a sales guy, but I, you know, I enjoy connectivity.
0: Well, but you could also make a a pretty good chunk of change if you were able to facilitate those purchases through an affiliate link, which which, we've got that set up. So that would be pretty awesome. I think that'd be, that'd be something worth, worth pursuing for you for sure. Cause you've already got the end with those companies that you're working with. And yeah, I mean, heck if it, if you test it out and it works well, I mean, I would think everybody'd be like, yep, we're going to hop on board with that. And because it, you know, the one thing is like you said, driving through those mountainous areas, a lot of times you don't get cell service, but I've noticed with my booster when I'll, when I'll go through mountain areas and places that I'd never had service before, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I I have no problem. I just continue talking on the phone to my family or whatever it may be. Whereas before, I'd be like, oh, hey, Canyon's coming up. I got to get off the phone. You know? Right,
1: so, right. It, yeah, yeah, no, and I, yeah, your Monarch Pass, you, you've already demonstrated that you pretty much work. Um, you know, your, your, your booster works on Monarch Pass, which is one of the dark territory areas that I deal with.
0: Yeah, the only section I didn't work in was that six-mile section on the west side of the pass where it's like real hairy turns and real tight. Yeah, and that was the only that was the only place it didn't work, but it worked all the way up to the top of the pass and all the way down to Sargent's, which I was impressed because I usually once I pass, I'd say Marysville or, or Maysville, you know, which is just what five miles west of um, Salida or or Poncha City. Well, once I once I pass that area, it's dead, and I had service all the way to the top and all the way down to Sargent's, and I was floored.
1: Nice, yeah, that's yeah. that's impressive.
0: But you know, some of the other stuff I'm working on is i I've, I've got I've got a few website proposals out. I've got another website that I'm going to be doing for the Remodelers Association in uh, Wichita, Kansas, which is affiliated with my dad's company. So, you know, the Patreon's definitely the model that I'm using for uh, fundraising for the Bears Ears uh, Education Center, and then also for the you know the my endeavors when i'm out there just my basic expenses i'm not looking to make a profit on it. i just want to cover my basic expenses and then as far as what i am making a profit on which pays the other bills that i have you know like the car insurance and and all those and the cell phone bill and all that stuff that that comes to the web development and the nice thing is, is i don't have any overhead i mean I, I mean my overheads very 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 little so in talking with these companies i'm like oh yeah i can do it for you know x amount of dollars they're like wow you're like half of what all these other companies are quoting i'm like well yeah but they have overhead they have an office they have employees like i don't need i mean i have a cell phone booster which i can work on from the backcountry, which gives me high speed data and i can do these websites and it didn't you know i mean like when i when the sun goes down at six six o'clock at night and i have three hours to kill that's when i do my work yeah so, yeah so it, it's 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 beneficial man it's it's working out you know it's you got to think creatively and like that that BioLight article which i'll i'll put the link in the and the podcast notes below the, the biolite article I did with them a while back with, with two other people that live off grid full time. There was one gal who was like, you know, you, you constantly have to hustle. It's not the same as the nine to five. You don't have that consistent paycheck coming in that you can bet on whether, whether or not you call in stick to work or not, or, or, you know, take time off paid vacation. There's none of that back here. It's like, you got to just continually line up new stuff, but it, it's also fun because you get to think outside the box and think of different ways to create income for yourself.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. What, what do you have lined up after, after Bears Ears? Uh, do you, are you, I know Lake City has been, um, uh, a focus of yours. Is that, is that going to move forward? Is that going to yeah. occupy your time after Bears Ears?
0: I think a little bit, it's basically just going to be me working with my uncles and my uncle Phil is, I talked with him before I left Kansas to come out to Sedona and He's, he's like, you know, I'll, I just need to get the plans figured out and, and then, you know, we'll need your help to get them approved through the city. And then once, once that's done, then we'll be rocking and rolling. And they want to get it done this year, which would be great. And so my focus is going to be just making sure that project stays on track with whatever contractor or we use, you know, going forward. And I'll probably want to talk with Mark about that and see if he has some, some people that he could recommend or if he's interested in doing it himself, whatever it may be. Uh, because you know Lake City's small. I mean, it's three hundred people that live there, and there's not. It's not like Montrose to where you can just go through the phone book and call up a bunch of contractors. It's 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 limited, and so my role with that is going to be just to be on site and make sure that things continue to progress, and then troubleshoot anything that comes up, and then I'll have some free time in there. And I I told the Wilderness Society I was going to help them out with a few things in their wilderness areas around there. But I think what I'm going to do is spend a lot of time in Gunnison and you know, network at the ice lab and see what sort of opportunities come from that and see what sort of website opportunities I could get into. And then I was also thinking about some sort of like directory service that I could create online for those mountain towns. Cause it is kind of hard once you get into the mountain towns to get information of so far as like, okay, you know, I'm new to town or I'm here visiting on vacation. Like where's the restaurant list? Where's, where's the things to do? Where are the adventure companies? Where's all this stuff? And those directories can be pretty powerful online and a consistent source of, of residual revenue, which is something I'd be interested in. So I'm kind of kicking around a few different ideas. Um, you know, I do have some friends that live over in Montrose and they said that that area is really popping because there was a new uh, kind of business park that came in, but it's it's geared towards attracting outdoor companies. And there's a fly fishing company over there that merged with, there were, There are two fly fishing companies. They merged together and I can't remember the name of them now, but they overtook like the main anchor uh, space, uh, commercial space in that area. And it's drawing in all these other outdoor companies. because I, I think the companies that are in Boulder are kind of like, OK, it's great to be here, but it's so expensive and the front range is just nuts. And so all those companies that, you know, over the past 10 years that relocated to Boulder are looking to possibly get out of there and go to an area that's a little bit more Im- immersed in nature. And Montrose is a great spot for that. So, you know, there's there's opportunity there as well. So we'll, we'll see what comes up. I'm kind of open as, to it right now. And, um, I'm kind of keeping my, I'm not committing to anything at the moment other than, you know, the, the cabin of course, cause I want to have that for the wintertime. Cause my uncles were like, well, we need a caretaker in the winter. And I was like, well, that's right up my alley. That way I could truck camp full-time in the summer and then have a place to like recoup and or, or, or regroup and, and also heal up in the wintertime. Cause it's, you know, I, I'd love to say that I'm, that I feel hundred percent awesome all the time back here doing this, but it's like, you know, I'm 43, I'll be 44 in a couple months and my body just doesn't recover the way it does so if i can hit it hard all summer and then have a place to chill all winter then i'm good
1: yeah that's kind of the model i'm working with right now Um, dude i think
0: that i think that's a good model because then also too you can get work stuff done in the winter time and then save up a nest egg for summer and then go do what you want
1: right yeah Uh well i i'm i'm definitely focused on getting some experience under my cdl my my commercial driver's license i haven't I haven't given too much thought to what projects I'm going to get involved in in the summer. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, my, my mindset is really just kind of, it's, it's really focused on the present right now. Like, like, you know, still dealing with, um, snowmobile commute. Mm Um, and I've, yeah, I just haven't given that much thought and I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, like in, in the past, I felt like I always needed a plan. And you know, I needed I needed the the one year plan, the three year plan, the five year plan, the ten year plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 a lot more comfortable right now, just winging it, I guess, and and, and focusing what's what's going on right now. But you know, you you talk about that um, that directory service, and I, I I brought up the fact that in in my shuttling in and, and limoing experience, people are always asking me, you know, what do you, what, what, what's the good restaurant? What's the good outfitter? Um, you know, what's going on? What's the good music thing? And, you know, websites are great in what have you, but I'm even thinking more basic than that in just having a one to two page list of like, here's, Here's what's good in this area. Here are the retailers you want to go to. Here's, here's the music that's going on. Um, here's the weather forecast, really boiling it down to basic kind of information. And I mean, you almost, you know, I, I'd expect like the chamber of commerce mm-hmm. around here to provide someone like me with that information. But the fact of the matter is, is they're not. And, and so I think there is an opportunity for even on a very, very basic level, like, yeah, maybe, maybe there's an associated website with it. But if I could just have a one to two page pamphlet saying this is, this is what you want to know coming into this area for the next month, I, I think that there's no doubt that there's interest in that, how, how you monetize that. You know, you probably have better ideas on, on that than I do, but yeah. um, there's, there's certainly demand for that kind of information. Um, in the Gunnison area, and Crested Butte area. Did I lose you, Bueller?
0: Okay, a l- little bit of technical difficulties there at the Sedona Library Wi-Fi, but we're back. We're back in action.
1: Right, <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh, I, I can't remember what we were talking about.
1: Well, we were talking about you know each of us kind of having a directory idea for. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and you know I, I was. My, my idea, you know, being really, really simple and, and, you know, kind of a one to two pager that, you know, every, everybody getting off the airport, um, out of the airport, going up to the mountains, if I can just hand them, you know, a one to two page, here's what's going on. They, they'd eat that stuff up.
0: Heck yeah, dude. And, I got and, some great, I've got some great ideas with that. So let's, let's, uh, let's definitely massage that idea. And I think that that's something we could get going rather quickly.
1: Sweet. That's, yeah. uh, that's great.
0: Cool. Cause like the way I envision it and not to get into too many details, is like you'd be the distribution arm, obviously, cause you're connecting with the people and then I could set up the sales and uh, the production of it and we, we can just knock it out like a one, two combo.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that there's definitely, you could develop one for Telluride. You could develop one for Montrose. You could develop one for Crested View. You could develop one for, for Gunnison, you know, depending on where people are hanging out. And there's, yep. there's definitely, strong demand for that kind of thing
0: absolutely i think that's a great idea so well hey my, my battery is getting kind of low on my computer here so what do you say we wrap this up
1: sounds good yeah good catch-up session i'm i am i am it's definitely been non in the back of my head as to you know we haven't been able to get out as many episodes of recent just because you and i have been been so busy and then you know we we have had some some technical challenges but um Good, good to reach out back to the crew and, and let them know we're still heavily engaged in this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think we've got the the technical stuff figured out now. I, when I talked to Squadcast about why we were getting all that echo, which which we've been experiencing for the last like week, every time we tried to connect and do a podcast, it was like the audio quality wasn't good. But it seems to be dialed in now, so I think we can get back on track. And why don't we schedule another podcast here in the next day or two, and we'll get that up and running. I, I want to talk to you about. Uh, I've had some people message me about how to combat loneliness when you're out here and what what to do to fill your time. And I I think that'd be a great topic to cover.
1: I agree. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot to to cover on that. So that sounds good. And, um, I, you know, if, if, if people out there in the listening, in the, in the listening universe are, are either into prayer or sending good vibes, please, please send, send prayers and good vibes to me as I, as I take my test for the passenger endorsement on my CDL tomorrow. I I'm, uh, I'm going to need it.
0: <laughs> cool, man. I'll send a shout out to the man upstairs.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs> Sky chief.
0: That's right. That's right, dude. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you a call this afternoon. Oh, what time are you going to be done with all your stuff later today?
1: Uh, it's going to be a longer day for me. Yeah. I, I might not be back in pocket until like eight o'clock tonight.
0: Okay. Well hit me up. I'm not going to bed till like nine 30 or so. I got some more ideas I want to run by. you.
1: Sounds good, man. All
0: right, dude. I'll talk to you later.
1: Yep. Bye.